Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The following is a sponsored program on WBT. The Ask Dr. Ernst Show is presented by Dr. Aaron Ernst, a board-certified chiropractic physician specializing in spinal correction, nutritional coaching, and cellular detoxification. And is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Seek a qualified healthcare professional before changing your health program or embarking on a new one. Visit AskDrErnst.com for more information. It's time to transform your health with one of the nation's leading and growing authorities in total health. Over the next hour, learn from experts on how to revolutionize the health of those you love most. This is Ask Dr. Ernst. And now, here's your host, Dr. Aaron Ernst. Good afternoon. Happy Saturday. You're listening to the Ask Dr. Ernst Show. Hey, it's the show where pounds are shed, disease is dead, and where you can be set free from your health problems. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Ernst, and I'm here in the studio today with a special guest, Dr. Scott Layard. You're a naturopath. You're a master herbalist. You're also a certified nutritional consultant, counselor, I believe. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. And um, you're new to our team, which is fantastic. You've been not only assisting with our patients, but also developing some new techniques and protocols with us. And um, today we're talking about genetic modifications of food the impacts that they potentially have on your health and how, according to what you and I have been talking about, it is this sort of like up-and-coming, growing epidemic creating a whole whole host of diseases and conditions that we didn't see before that we're now connecting to the importance of the foods we eat. So thank you for being here today. Indeed. Thanks for inviting me. And so uh, for our listeners, why don't you give us a little bit of your background in uh, the industry of where you came from because you actually physically worked directly with what I'll call the impacts of genetic modification and uh, the whole canola oil, glyphosate sort of industry. So share, share that with us. Yeah, indeed. One of the first GMOs to come out was uh, tomatoes in 1994. Mm-hmm. And then soon after that, 1995, I started a career at an ad agency in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, uh, where I'm originally from Canada. And mm-hmm. I spent 13 years there. And one of my major jobs there was to develop advertising uh, promotions for genetically modified canola. This is when it was a brand new thing. All the farmers were all about it because it offered the promise of a guaranteed uh, profit, in, in other words, because the seed companies would buy back all of the harvest guaranteed when they gave the farmer the seed and the herbicide and, and put the package together. And the farmer didn't have to worry about marketing, so it was a great thing. Yeah. And now, of course, as you know, Canola oil is the most heavily promoted and advertised healthy oil. It is in a lot of foods. Even organic foods have canola oil inside of them. And some of you may still be cooking with canola oil. And so we've got to talk about the massive danger that canola oil has to your health because of its genetic modification. So maybe you can share with us a little bit of that history. How did the whole canola oil process began, and what is the danger behind canola oil? So canola oil, canola is not even really, it wasn't even one of God's creations. It's an invented, man-made thing. Canola is not even a real word. It's an acronym. It means Canadian Oil Low Acid. Mm, Canola. It's Mm -hmm. an acronym. It's not even real. It developed from rapeseed, and rapeseed was grown uh, previous to World War II because rapeseed created this great oil 
uh, from the from the seed that was good for steamships. It was great for engines because yeah. the high uric acid of the oil would cling to the engine parts, made a great lubricant. So now World War II comes and goes. Canada is growing a lot of this because uh, there were some supply issues you know, over the Atlantic because of World War II. You just couldn't ship things like you normally would. So Canada kind of stepped in and grew this stuff. So now after World War II, you can imagine there's no more no more steamships, no more yeah. warships. There's no more, you know, market for this stuff. So the Canadian government went to their universities and said, hey, take this stuff back in the lab. Let's mess with it. Let's hybridize it. You know, they didn't have GMO technology back then, but let's hybridize it into something that is good for human consumption so that you guys can keep growing this and we can sell it. So we took an engine oil lubricant and turned it into a human consumable oil. Uh, Theoretically. Does that, does that not like raise a red <laughs> alert for you, just number one? Yes. And then my understanding, too, is the, the modification is that they created the seed to be able to grow in the presence of a specific pesticide, Roundup, herbicide, mm -hmm. and it is that that's actually the big concern, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah. Canola, there was canola before there was genetic modification, but then they decided, well, let's try this new genetic modification technology we have with this canola. It seems to be pretty easy to do. So what they did was they genetically, now this is beyond hybridization. This isn't what they did back in the 40s to the original canola to create canola from rapeseed. Right. But they, so they begin gene splicing, and essentially what they did was they make it resistant to Roundup. So there's this Roundup Ready, if you've ever heard that term in mm -hmm. agricultural uh, circles, that means that you can spray this crop with Roundup, whether it's canola or soy or anything else that has come down the line since 1995, and all of the weeds will die around the plant, but that particular canola or whatever it is that has been genetically uh, altered to resist the application of herbicide will not die. So now you have these weed-free, what seems like a great thing, a weed-free field, all, you know, all profit for the farmer. But the problem is when you spray, because typically, if you know anything about farming, you have to spray before the, the emergence, you know, the yeah. emergence of the during plant, the or you have to do it afterwards. If yeah. you do it during, you're going to kill everything. Yeah. So now this gave the farmer the freedom to spray during the growing season, which was a very dangerous thing because now you could spray and, oh, there's still some weeds. I'll spray again. I'll spray again. I'll spray again. So inherently, a genetically modified plant, whatever it is, canola, soy, corn, you know, even wheat we're being talked about now, apples, <laughs> potatoes, all these types of things, they can be sprayed with five to ten times more herbicide. And that herbicide you know, it won't kill the plant, but it does get absorbed. Yes, and what you're going to learn today is the absorption into the plant is then what causes problems to us. We eat the plants. Animals eat the plants. We eat the animals. Right now, the top 12 GMO foods include corn, soy, canola, alfalfa, sugar beets, which is where we get sugar from, cotton. You might think, I'm not eating cotton, but you're wearing it. And also, cotton seed oil is very heavily produced in food industries. Papaya, summer squash, zucchini, apples, potatoes. There's this massive list of known genetically modified foods. And the issue is, as you're going to learn today, the modification and what it does to us when we consume it. But more importantly, like you just talked about, it's the application of this glyphosate, this chemical that actually has been shown to wreak havoc in your body. So today we're going to be discussing how to identify the genetic modified foods that you're eating, how to watch out for the harmful effects they do to your body, and really, truly, how do we break this animal down to where potentially you have the solution to stopping this GMO spread. That's what we're going to talk about on the Ask Dr. Arnold Show today and how you can actually heal yourself by modifying your diet, removing this toxin, and cleaning your body out. 
Don't forget that I have a webinar coming up on Saturday, June 10, July 10th. It's a couple weeks away, and this is an event that is called Self-Healing, No MD Required. If you want to break free from a disease like high blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, weight loss resistance, if you have a health issue that you say, I want this to get better, but I don't want to take medications, I don't want to do a traditional route, join me. It's at 10 a.m. The webinar is absolutely free. Call 704-906-2094. That's 704-906-2094. When we come back, more about genetic modifications of foods and how it harms your body with the Ask Dr. Ernst Show. We'll be right back. The following is a sponsored program on WBT. Good afternoon. Happy Saturday. You're listening to the Ask Dr. Ernst Show. Hey, it's the show where pounds are shed, disease is dead, and where you can be set free from your health problems. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Ernst, and along with me today in the studio, very special guest, Dr. Scott Laird, naturopathic physician, master herbalist, a certified nutritional counselor. You've been with the Ask Dr. Ernst team now for uh, a few months. It's a few months March, since you joined yeah. us, yes, mm-hmm. right? And you've been providing some exceptional services to our clients and our patients. Uh, I like to say that you are you're the you're the master of diet. You're the you're the purveyor of all things food related, and uh, you wrote a book called "Growing Concern: uh, What We Reap, We We Will Sow" in regards to genetic modified foods. And um, I want to talk today about sort of the dangers behind this. Okay, we know for a fact that approximately seventy five percent of the food that is packaged and processed in the United States. So if you're walking up and down the grocery store, I'll listen to this. 75% of those foods contain genetically modified ingredients and is a big risk today because we now know there's research showing that the modification of foods is creating disease within the human body. And uh, I want you to talk just briefly a little bit about how you used to work in an advertising division that was pushing these genetically modified foods back into the farmer's hands. And so tell us a little bit about that, and then I want to shift into a little bit of the idea that now that, of course, that marketing works so well, and a lot of our farmers are producing genetically modified food crops, how are we seeing the impact into our health today? Okay, so this started with uh, an idea, well, idea came about because farmers were always struggling in Saskatchewan. You know, they, they, they made it, but they just barely made it. And so the seed companies that would sell them the seed every year said, hey, we have this great new concept for you. And, of course, it was driven by the big, num- the big guys, uh, Monsanto, Bayer, uh, AstraZeneca, all these guys, the same companies that now develop a lot of the drugs. Which are pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. yeah. So the, uh, it's just a huge, huge thing. So anyway, so they brought it to the farmers going, okay, what do farmers hate to do? They hate to market things. They're good at the farming. They're good at that type of uh, you know, working the land, but they really hate the business part of it. They hate going to try and sell their their uh, harvest online and trying to get futures markets and all this type of stuff, all this complicated things. They were just like, you know, they hired people for that and said, I don't want to do that. So the seed companies came along and said, tell you what, we're going to make it easy for you. We'll sell you all the seed you need. We'll sell you all the herbicide you need, tailored to however, however many acres you have. Right. That's what we'll sell. And then guess what? We're going to buy all of the harvest up front. We'll, you don't even have to go to market. You don't have to worry about any of that marketing stuff. We'll do it for you. We'll just buy it all back from you right now. All you have to do is sign this technology use agreement, a TUA, to say that you promise not to save any of the seed for next year. This is good for one year. You promise to give 100% of it back to us, which is unnatural in the first place because farmers have kept seed back since the beginning of time for the next harvest. Yep. Just give it all back to us. We'll give you up the, the money up front and everything's good. 
So, of course, to farmers who were struggling, this seemed like it was great. It was a wonderful idea. So they started doing it. And then what happened was, well, there's all kinds of health things that we're going to talk about later, but one of the other things was super weeds because you keep spraying this one herbicide on the weeds, and eventually it's going to be like an, uh, you know, an antibiotic-resistant type of thing. And all of a sudden, it didn't kill the weeds anymore. Right. And now they found weeds that are resistant to two or three different types of herbicides. So that was not thought of back when they were selling this type of thing. And now, they, of course, the companies get more clever about how they sell it. But that was the original draw to the farmers. And I would say about 80 to 90 percent of the farmers in Saskatchewan and, bought in. And wasn't there and, and it was not just in, in Canada. It's also in the United States. And, you know, what I found interesting is um, it's the U.S. And, the Canada, and Canada that are the only two countries practically in the world that still allow and regulate or don't regulate the use of genetically modified foods. Most other countries have bans on genetic modification, uh, in, in, and it has to be labeled if it's on a food product. But here in the U.S., of course, you know you could be eating a salad today, and it has genetically modified ingredients inside of it. You could be making a cake or using cookies or brownies or some sort of packaged food, and it has genetically modified foods inside of it. And, and listen to this. The Institute for Responsible Technology came out and put together a list now that this has been almost 25 years ago that we did these modifications where they've been doing studies on animals and watching the effects of them eating, say, for example, genetic modified corn or genetically modified soy. Watch this. Rats that were fed the newest, which is about 2018, genetically modified potatoes. Did you know that, I guess, an issue is you drop a potato, it gets bruised, it turns brown. Most people have to cut that section off because they don't want to eat it. So again, science came around and said, let's make a potato that doesn't bruise. Let's make a potato that doesn't brown. In 2017, they started tinkering around with apples because I guess apparently a big issue is you cut an apple, you leave it on the counter, it browns, then you don't want to eat it because you think it's bad. So now they're making apples that don't brown. You feed rats these potatoes that don't bruise, and what they started to do is they, they, they noticed precancerous cell growth in their digestive tracts. They saw uninhibited development of certain tumors in their brain. Liver and testicle areas had growth inside of them. Abnormalities within the liver, enlarged pancreas, intestinal and immune system damage. These are animals eating those foods that then we have no regulations against that. Seven of the 20 rats that were fed the flavor saver tomato. This was the very first ever genetically modified tomato. The idea was is it wouldn't get soft. It would stay plump and ripe. Uh, they ate this for 28 days, and they developed lesions with bleeding ulcers. Seven of them died within a two-week window of eating this. There was another study done where they took rats and fed them Monsanto's BT corn, which is a genetically modified corn that has a biotoxin inside of it. 90 days, they had changes in liver functionality, kidney dysfunction, blood cells started shifting, tumors started to develop in some of the rats, and there's various farmers reporting that pigs and cows have become sterile. They're having issues with their health. So we can see it in animal studies that there's effects in humans, but yet we don't have research showing that it's actually dangerous. And it's, it's kind of back, like it comes back to the, again, the idea of this marketing, right? If we so heavily market to the farmers, grow, 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 we're going to buy it all. And uh, we start advertising that uh, you know, it's going to be in foods. We're going to increase productivity. We're going to make things better. Now it comes down to this concept that you and I talked about is we're changing the design for food. So talk to me about a section you, you had in your book that I thought was fantastic about how it's kind of like this, this atrocity against the design 
of man and the design behind food and what food is supposed to do for us. Okay, well, if we look at just in the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis 1, you know, we're created last. If you look at the sequence of things, we're created last. And you kind of think about, well, why didn't God make us in the middle somewhere so that we could take care of the animals and tend the plants? And why are we last? And if you look at it, the more and more we find out about the human body as, as technology increases in our day, we find that more and more there's things like trees in our body. So, for example, what I'm saying is everything in creation that on a macroscopic level we can find on a microscopic level in our own body. That existed before the creation of man. Exactly, yes. exactly. So that we are basically the culmination of all creation. We're like the crown jewel that includes a piece of creation in us, all, all the pieces of creation. So we've got the trees that provide oxygen to the world. Well, our lungs, when you look under a microscope, yeah. or they even an x-ray, like they? they look just like trees, yep. and that's what provides oxygen. The blood of the ocean, well, or the ocean is the blood of the earth. We have blood, almost the same quantity of which, on a percentage-wise, that's in the earth, is in our bodies. Yeah. The same uh, sodium level that's in, in the sea is actually in our blood. All these things we don't recognize. And so we think, okay, that's really neat, but what does it have to do with eating the foods? Well, think about this. If we go ahead and genetically modify the foods, thinking we're smarter than God, Everything we do to the earth on a macroscopic level is going to boomerang to us on yep. a microscopic yep. level because we're just going to end up hurting ourselves. And so that's what we're seeing. We inflict these toxins on the earth. And by the way, glyphosate was originally uh, developed as a chelator, which means it grabs nutrients. Chelate comes from the Greek word claw. So basically it claws onto nutrients and pulls it away from the weed. That's what kills the weed. And so now when we eat that uh you know, canola oil that is basically poisoned with this glyphosate with a chelator. Now that chelation uh, process is going to happen in our own guts, where now our bodies do not have the uh, the nutrients available to us because they're being chelated away. Yes, and it's not just canola, right? So they're doing it with corn. Right. They're do they're using uh, glyphosate on wheat. Uh, we're finding it in a lot of. Uh, different vegetable products, including summer squash and zucchini, and even fruits like papaya. Uh, so, so the thing is, is, of course, if you talked about, we have the genetic modification, which is the alteration in the food, so it's doing something that it shouldn't. But then now it sort of violates, again, this biblical concept of the mirror image creation. If we change foods, God created foods to be a healing nutrient delivery system to our body. So if we modify it to make it plumper, bigger, last longer, we're now finding evidence that it actually affects the power and the essence of the healing properties that foods can bring. Indeed, because what happens, you have to think about this. If, if a, you know, canola, it, it's an open pollen, well, not, I'm just not use canola, every, every plant, that's, it's open pollinated, right? Correct. So an open pollinated crop is going to cross-pollinate with weeds. It's going to cross-pollinate with herbs. Okay, well, if we use herbs as healing, Who's to say that some of this genetic modification is not being laced into the plants that we're using to heal ourselves? Will those plants even work anymore yep. if they're being genetically modified, however indirectly and unintentionally? Yep. And listen, these are all questions that are unknown, but yet we do know some things. For example, we know that the amount of genetically modified foods you consume are directly connected to the sensitivities that you have allergy responses that you have. We know it connects to things like antibiotic resistance because partly the way the way um, antibiotics work is they try to prevent the growth and the production of bacteria. Well, look, the soil is loaded with bacteria, and we know that Roundup and glyphosate affects the nutrient base. It creates a deficiency in, in uh, the, the minerals because it chelates it. So we rob the soil of nutrition. We destroy the bacteria in the soil. We eat these foods that are heavily sprayed and laden, 
and the genetic modified foods are the ones that are most heavily sprayed. So we get a higher increase in this glyphosate chemical inside of our body. And listen to this. There was a study published in 2014 in Environmental Sciences of Europe that revealed that if you consume modifica- modifica- modified, <laughs> genetically modified, that's a new word, genetically modified food like, for example, the, the GMO corn that comes from Monsanto, Roundup Ready corn, that it can lead to the development of cancers and tumors. Look at Dwayne Johnson several years ago who actually sued Monsanto, Bayer, who now owns it, because of the development of the cancer that he got on the side of his body. So the research is showing that it leads to a massive degradation of human health. That's what we're going to talk about when we come back. What are the effects that it does to your body when you eat a genetically modified food and it comes along as a piggyback with that heavily sprayed glyphosate? And we're going to discuss some of the ways you can actually stop the introduction of those foods. See, most of it's happening unknowingly. You know, We don't know what food is genetically modified or not because, unfortunately, in the United States, it's not labeled. But we're going to give you some secrets on how to know when you're picking up a box or you're looking at a vegetable or a fruit, has it been genetically modified or is it safe to eat? And we're also going to help you to learn how do you sort of calm down the reaction within your body of what this is doing to you. At that same token, of course, as you know, I'm hosting a webinar in about two weeks. It's on Saturday, July 10th. This webinar is a live event for you, not just learning about how to change our diet and cut GMOs and get rid of glyphosate, but how to massively transform your health. If you're taking a medication for anything like high blood pressure, cholesterol issues, diabetes, if you want to lose weight, we're calling this event Three Steps to Heal, No MD Required. You know, it's often said that you should heal yourself. You need to be your own doctor. And you can do that by joining us on this webinar Saturday, July 10th. It's in the comfort of your home. It's at 10 a.m. It's absolutely free. Pick up the phone and call 704-906-2094. You can also text your name and your email directly, 704-906-2094. Once you registered for the event, we're going to help you to break free from your condition. Again, remember, patient, heal thyself. You, heal thyself. We're going to show you how to do it. The event is absolutely free. See us talk to our show. Don't go away. We'll be right back. following is a sponsored program on WBT. Good afternoon. Happy Saturday. You're listening to the Ask Dr. Ernst Show. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Ernst, and I'm in the studio today with a very special guest, Dr. Scott Layard, a certified nutritional counselor, a master herbalist, and a naturopathic doctor who's been joining the Ask Dr. Ernst team now for about six months, working directly with our clients and our patients. And I've, I've got him on the show today because we have a lively conversation about the genetic modification of foods and how it's playing a detriment into our health. And uh, we talked at the top of the hour about how a lot of times today we try to change our diet. We go more plant-based, and we think that because we're eating more plants, we're cutting out animal products, et cetera, that we're becoming healthier as a result. Yet, unfortunately, a lot of the plant products that we might be consuming are genetically modified. The top 12 GMO foods today include corn, soy, canola, which would be an oil. It's a vegetable oil, unfortunately, very highly used in the U.S. today. Alfalfa, sugar beets, cotton, so think cotton seed oils in the foods you consume, papaya, summer squash, zucchini, apples, and potatoes. But yet at the same token, just because we say we're, we're, uh, we're eating you know, animal products like, say, beef, fish, chicken, turkey, eggs, etc., we're now finding that those animals that eat these food products, specifically the corn and the wheat and the soy, they're becoming modified because of eating genetically modified food products. And so when we go conventional fish, chicken, turkey, eggs, when we go conventional 
fruits and vegetables, we're increasing our likelihood of having these GMO products inside of our body. And unfortunately, we're drastically increasing the exposure of the chemical Roundup glyphosate and its negative effects to us. So can you chat just a little bit about how the modification is created and then some of what it does to our body when we consume these foods that are genetically modified? So the first thing to note is when it, when you mentioned the cows, well, we have to think, what are the cows eating? So they're eating a lot of the corn. So a corn that's genetically modified. And the reason it sticks to the cows is because, well, when an animal eats these foods, it becomes cumulative. It just it builds and builds and builds. So they might have a much higher concentration of that than eating the plant food. Correct. So yeah. if you, so anyway, that's just a double whammy there. And secondly, just wanted to mention as well that all of these herbicides that are put on these plants, uh, in order to stick to the plant when it's raining, they, cre they create it in a way that's called rain fast. So basically, it's hydrophobic, which means it sticks to the oils in the plant, not it, it doesn't get washed off. So what are we using canola, cottonseed, corn for in, in a lot of what we're talking about here is oil. So you can see how all of these toxins are getting really absorbed into the oil. You're mm. getting 100% mm -hmm. of what's sprayed into the oil. So that's dangerous in itself. So what happens here with the, with the modification is they're, they're, changing, uh, they're, they're changing a gene. So when they change the gene, now you're modifying proteins in that plant. So it's no longer the plant that it was. It now has a, a rogue protein in here that your body doesn't know how to recognize. It's the same concept as, well, we see this all the time when people eat uh, hydrogenated oil. The hydrogenated oil is oil by which hydrogen is pumped into the oil and creates this molecule that your body doesn't know what to do with. It sort of looks familiar, but it's not really familiar. And it puts it in all the wrong places and causes all the wrong things. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing here with genetic, genetic modification. So you splice, say, a, you know, a fish gene into a tomato, for example, which has been done, by the way. That's not science fiction. Um, your body doesn't know what to do with it. And so it creates this false protein that your body doesn't know what to do with. And of course, then Allergic response is based on yeah. proteins, and so therefore we have an increase in allergies, all these things with people, uh, things going wrong with folks. Doctors don't know what's going on because they're not backing up to what people are eating. Yeah, and it also comes down to, again, it's not just sort of the, the direct allergies. You know, we're seeing peanut allergies increase. A lot of people have food allergies, but it's also the sensitivities that develop. You know, a lot of times where we'll say, like, I've been able to eat this one food product with no issues, and now all of a sudden I break out on a rash, I have a, a bloating and gas, etc., so uh, what you're saying is by putting this extra gene in to give some food product a benefit, uh, either being resistant to a bug or growing uh, bigger or lasting longer on the food shelf, it, produ it produces these proteins that are foreign to us. Now, the other thing I understand is that the same food that's genetically modified is then now heavily sprayed with pesticides or herbicides because the modification also allows it to grow in that presence. And here's the unique thing. So notice how he said, it sticks to the fat. It's hydrophobic, fat-soluble. So what are our cells made of? Our cells are made of fat. And what the research is showing is that the more pesticide and herbicide residues you have in your body, the more those get attracted to the fatty membranes of your cell tissues, and the more it affects the actual function of the cell within the human body. That's right. We know for a fact that one thing that, that is created with not just the sensitivity and the allergy to the genetic modification is inflammation within the gut and a gut leak. So can you speak to that just for a moment? So, yeah. So you got inflammation with, with, with uh, it creates a leaky gut. And then we have this double whammy that happens with the genetic modification and then the, uh, the proteins that are foreign. So the, the glyphosate, uh, that, that's the main reason most of these plants are genetically modified is to resist the application of the herbicide. Right. So the herbicide will now 
eat a hole in the gut, creating leaky gut, allowing not even just regular proteins, but now these foreign proteins to escape into your body. Now you have a double whammy of an, a situation. And again, this is why all of these sensitivities are being created and all these other problems that people cannot put their finger on and they're yeah. not backing it up to the food. And so here's what we have. So you have, as you're increasing food consumption that's genetically modified and you're consuming more of this pesticide or herbicide, the Roundup, the glyphosate, we know for a fact that glyphosate scientifically has been shown to inflame the gut barrier. But now watch this. It also affects your blood-brain barrier. So unfortunately, the more genetically modified foods we eat, the more they're sprayed with this herbicide, the more we get this reaction in the human body, and then we start to see toxins flow across the cell membranes. The gut leak is present. It leads to an inflammatory condition. And what we've seen is that's diabetes, that's heart disease, that's dementia, that's cognitive decline. So a lot of the millennial conditions that have been related to, oh, you're getting older, it's old age, et cetera, are actually connected to the amount of food you've consumed that's been genetically modified, the amount of pesticides and herbicides you have inside of you. So when we come back from this next commercial break, we're going to show you how to identify them outright. Like how can you tell if a food you're buying in the grocery store has genetically modified food in it? Are there labels we can look at? Are there you know, badges on the boxes that will tell us yes, no? And the beauty part of it is it's there if you know how to look for it. And then we're also going to discuss how do we stop this sort of beast of the fact that we don't know where these foods are? How can we break away from the food industry continuing to pour advertising into it so that you are misled when you buy a food product that you think is healthy and safe? So that's what we're going to discuss when we come back from this next commercial break. And again, we had such a great response over our last commercial break in regards to that webinar. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to offer the ability for you to register right now. It's absolutely free. It's on Saturday, July 10th. It's about two weeks away from today, 10 a.m. in the morning. And what I'm doing is I'm hosting a live event where I'm going to take what you deal with with your health and show you how to find the root cause. If it's high blood pressure, let's solve it. If it's elevated blood sugars, let's lower them. Triglycerides, if you have a skin reaction issue, hey, if you can't lose weight, you're going to find out the root reason why your body's not healing. I'll show you how to identify and how to correct it. It's absolutely free. 704-906-2094. The number again, 704-906-2094. You don't want to call my call center? Watch this. Text your name and your email. It's that simple. We'll get you registered. Again, Saturday, July 10th, 10 a.m. in the comfort of your home. It's the Ask Dr. Arn Show. Don't go away. We'll be right back. The following is a sponsored program on WBT. Good afternoon. Hey, it's Saturday. You're listening to the Ask Dr. Arn Show, the show where pounds are shed, disease is dead, and where you can be set free from your health problems. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Ernst, and I'm blessed to be in the studio today with Dr. Scott Laird, a naturopathic doctor, a master herbalist, and also a certified nutritional counselor who's been a part of the Ask Dr. Ernst team. And today, we're discussing the dangers of genetically modified foods, the consumption, the pesticide residue, herbicide residues that come along with that, the effect that it has on our health. And in this segment, we want to talk about breaking down the idea of how do you know if a food that you're eating is genetically modified, and how can we identify them so that we can prevent the dangers of their consumption in our diet? So walk me through this. Is there, a, is there a labeling system? Is there a simple, easy way for someone to know if a food is genetically modified or not? Well, there wasn't because there was a call for the government to do it. And the government said, no, we're not going to upset the apple cart here. Uh, let's just let, let farmers be. And, you know, of course, 
there was big money to be made, so they're not going to label it. Right. So a private company along, came along and said, fine, if you're not going to label it as a GMO product, we're going to ask farmers to create or to, uh, to label it as non-GMO. And we're going to have a third-party verification system, and we're going to go around to farmers, check and see if they are using GMO products or not. If they're not, they get to have this nice little label called the non-GMO project yeah. on their product, and yep. that will guarantee to consumers that this project uh, product is non-GMO. So it took a private company to go ahead and spearhead it themselves and go and do it. So now this label, you'll see it all over the place. It's uh, blue and green, has a little butterfly on it, and it says the non-GMO project. Now, that is a verification that something is non-GMO. Uh, of course, the USDA organic, well, that is, of course, a, a government-sponsored thing. And you can see that on, on uh, products as well. And I used to think, well, okay, if it has an organic label on it, you don't need uh, non-GMO because it's guaranteed. Mm, I found out yeah, recently that's careful. not the case. Yeah. Yep. And one of the biggest reasons for that is uh, some recent studies have found, listen to this, up to about 60% of rainwater collected has glyphosate inside of it. Wow. So it could be that we're growing an entire field of produce and, you know, grains and things like that organically, yet the rainwater that's watering it is bringing a level of the pesticide, the herbicide, and the residues into that field. We also know, and maybe you can touch into this, about this idea of sort of cross-contamination. So the thing is today, unfortunately, you can't just go based upon the fact that it's organic. You have to look for that sort of seal and stamp that it has been verified that is not genetically modified. That's right. Yeah, uh, because like I said, I, I used to think it was if it's organic, it's fine. But now there, there's different levels of organic. USDA organic, unless it says 100 percent, specifically said on the package, 100 percent organic, then you know that there are no GMOs in there. You know that for sure. But if it just says organic, which most of the products I've seen don't yeah. have this 100% thing on them, they're only verified or required to have, I think it's between 70 and 90%. 70, I think. 70%, yeah. Which means there can be genetically modified pieces in that food. And so it's not guaranteed that it's all organic. So you need to look for both of those labels. And usually they're right on top of each other because it's a good marketing thing and companies will put that on the front of a package. Yep. And the other thing, too, is um, we can also take a look at if you're buying produce, the actual sticker that's directly on the produce itself will help you to be identified. Right. Uh, if it starts with a 9, we know it's an organic produce product. If it starts with a 4, then we know it's a conventionally produced. Probably higher likelihood that there could be genetic modifications inside of the food because, again, it's not regulated. We don't have to say, yes, this is genetically modified. We have to say again that, no, this one is not. Right. And then there is a number, though, that is now out. I have never seen it to date, which is if it starts with an 8, it is that designation, this is genetically modified. I think that would be suicide for a company to say. But, however, I have seen cereal boxes. Um, I think it's Kellogg's or Post or one of those big companies that's at the bottom. And kudos to them. I don't know if it's doing me any favors, but it says this product contains uh, genetically altered or genetically enhanced uh, ingredients. ingredients, yeah. And yeah. here's here's what we mean by genetically enhanced, okay? We know that most vegetable oils, when they're in food products, are going to be sourced from this canola oil that is genetically modified and is heavily sprayed with uh, Roundup. We also know that most soy products are genetically modified. In fact, if you're looking at ingredients and you're seeing something like soy protein or soy isolates, a big one that's in a lot of food products called soy lecithin, just because we see that, you should start thinking, well, wait a second. 90%, 95, I think, is it 95, 96% of soy in the United States is genetically modified? So the likelihood that this soy lecithin is not genetically modified is extremely low. 
So if you're reading your ingredients, we're watching out for canola oil, vegetable oils, soy-based products. And I'm going to be transparent and honest. Anything that comes from corn and or corn-based products, because right now 92% of all corn in the United States is genetically modified. So that's going to be things like corn flour, corn gluten, corn starch, corn syrup. And again, the big one that's in a lot of food products is the high fructose corn syrup. So you have an extremely high likelihood that those are being genetically modified. And like we talked about before, the modification is one thing. It's the fact of the carrying of that pesticide and herbicide that's another big thing. How about in regards to if we're going to be focusing on um, solving this animal? Like how can we as a consumer potentially decrease the effect of what this GMO movement is doing? Because I, I think, again, if you think about it from just a third-party perspective, it, it kind of makes sense, right? If I can change food and make it grow bigger and make it last longer, it would solve world hunger, supposedly. Mm -hmm. But yet we're now seeing that it's maybe doing that in regards to making more food, but the food we're consuming is actually causing more disease. Right. So we have higher levels of diabetes. We have more heart attacks. We have more cancer, more incidences of hospitalizations and deaths since this introduction of genetically modified foods. And um, so what, what, as a consumer, what are some things we can do to stop this? Well, number one, you've got to look at GMOs are just not necessary, period. Bottom line, they're not necessary. Now, there was one instance where I could see a GMO was necessary and it did save an entire crop. Uh, Hawaiian papaya, way back when. Genetic modification saved that plant because there was a fungus that was uh, threatening to just eradicate it. So it saved the papaya. Good. Okay, maybe we should have left it there. Now it became, huh, how many other products can we, how many other crops can we use this on and make some money off of it? So it is a money-making deal. That is the problem with it. And it's just, like I said, it's not necessary. So if it's a money-making deal and you have to think of, well, it became a, a money thing for the farmers as well, right? Oh, this was easy. Why don't I just do this? I get to sell my crop up front. I don't have to market, blah, blah, blah. So it's all money-driven. So if it is money-driven, it is that simple to stop it. Don't spend your money on it. Right. If you don't spend your money on it, companies will give up. They'll say, huh, I guess the consumers don't want this. And we're seeing that now. Where all There's an explosion of organic foods. You've noticed the organic foods are not as expensive as they used to be. Correct. Because they're seeing that it's you know, there, there's more more opportunity for organic foods out there. And the kind of GMOs are kind of going away a little bit. We need to keep pushing. Stop buying GMOs. Stop buying anything that has the potential to have GMOs in it. Buy organic instead. Let's push this out so it's no longer of advantage for these big companies to make money off of. Yeah, and I think it, it comes back to, again, this concept, like you said. Um, you know, you and I have been in practice for many years. And if we went back, <clears throat> excuse me, 10 years ago, the likelihood of us seeing a non-GMO verified food product was very non-existent. Yet today, you go up and down, say, the average grocery store aisles, and you're in the organic section, you're going to see that label stamped on almost every major food product because we're becoming more consumer aware. But I want you to be aware, again, watch out for the hidden sources of genetically modified foods. I think the biggest hidden source is the animal products, proteins that you're consuming today. Again, there's a lot of people who will say, well, why do I have to buy grass-fed or why do I have to buy organic when I'm talking about my beef, my fish, my chicken, turkey, eggs, etc.? It's because they're consuming those genetic-modified foods. Yes, humans might be conscious and aware enough to say, okay, I'm not going to do that. But when it comes to an animal, it's only being fed what the farmer is giving it. And we know for a fact that the corn and the grain products that are fed to animals make them bigger, make them fatter, make them heavier, so they're sold at a higher price. But the effect is the damage to their body and to their proteins. And then when you consume them, it's this bioaccumulation effect. 
So if you want to make a big change in your diet and solve this challenge with the pesticide residue, the genetic modification of foods that you might not even be eating, but you're eating indirectly, we got to change the meats that we eat. Indeed. I mean, you look at that, like we mentioned the cattle before. So they're eating the genetically modified corn, and then we get that corn. And so that's unhealthy in the first place. But you look at salmon even now, too. People say, well, why do I have, why can't I buy farmed salmon? Okay, stop and think. If it's farmed salmon, that's salmon that's being kept in a, a large net out in the ocean somewhere, and they're being fed food, what are they being fed? Soy pellets. That's right. Where is the soy coming from? You said it earlier. 90% plus of soy is genetically modified. They're being fed genetically modified soy. So they're not good either. And now the salmon themselves are actually being genetically modified directly. We have these kind of like mega salmon. Because, again, the, the concept would be it makes sense. If I can splice some genes, put some new ones in there, create this fish that's 10 times larger than it should be, better productivity, I get more food sales. But at the same token, remember, what does that do to us? There's alterations to their protein products. It creates allergy responses in our body. It creates sensitivities. And what they're now talking about is the modifications themselves, because they're so haphazardly sort of spliced into the DNA, you break those foods down into individual components, proteins, carbohydrates, fats, and those foods get assimilated into your body. And the recent research is actually showing that your gut bacteria can take on some of those same genetic modifications. I know for a fact they're talking about the more of this sort of Roundup-ready Monsanto corn and corn byproducts you have in your diet, the more they're finding that that some human beings are actually producing a pesticide and herbicide in their intestine. They are, yeah. That's becoming a big problem because it, it goes into the gut and it grows. It proliferates there. It lives there. And unless you know it's growing there and you do something to eradicate it, which is actually not that hard to do, but if you don't know it, it's just going to keep growing and keep growing and keep growing. It's not going to stop ever. Um, yeah, that's just, just an amazing uh, phenomenon that It seems like it can't be stopped unless we stop buying it. And that's the key. So, again, remember, just like with your health, you have the ability and the responsibility to take control of your health. We have to stop letting industry. We have to stop letting uh, pharmacy. We have to stop letting other, other companies take control of our health. And the biggest way you can do that, number one, is by paying attention to your diet, going completely organic, increasing the productivity of your detoxification process, get tested, find out if you have a gut leak, go through the examination process of having a functional holistic look. I mean, my God, naturopathic doctor, master herbalist, certified nutritional counselor. How many times have we seen in our office when we pull GMO foods, when we remove the inflammatory foods, people not only lose weight, but they have transformations in their health and their healing, their energy, their vitality. You know, they often say you are what you eat. But in reality, I think it's also you are what you eat, ate. And that's why we have to pay attention to our foods as much as we do. And you are what you absorb, in fact. And you can't absorb is, if you do And that's the stuff. next layer. So yeah. uh, the book is called Growing Concern, What We Reap we, we, uh, When We Sow, GMOs, uh, Dr. Scott Laird. And uh, you have some information on how they can get access to that. Yeah, easily. Uh, I also work, I work with you, and I also work with uh, a Christian ministry as well. And so they are the ones who uh, publish the book. And so if you go to LairdWellness.com slash GMO, you'll be redirected to their site, and you can buy the book from them and help them out too. And there you go. And don't forget that in two weeks on Saturday, July 10th, I'm hosting my next free live webinar, Three Steps to Heal Yourself, No MD Required. If you have a high blood pressure condition, cholesterol issue, triglyceride, if there's anything going on with your health and you're looking for an alternative holistic approach, we're going to help you to identify the root cause. We're going to help you to find the underlying issue, show you the test you can get, and you'll develop a plan of self-healing within the comfort of your home. That's at 10 a.m. on Saturday, July 10th. 
Call this number, 704-906-2094. That's 704-906-2094. Once again, 704-906-2094. Dr. Layer, thank you for joining us today. Certainly, thank you It's been an absolute honor. We'll see you guys next week.